0: Hallelujah, would you give the Lord a great shout of praise in this house? God is so good, what an honor and joy. To sit at his table and worship at his feet today. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for the honor today of worshiping you in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 4 with me. We're going to be talking about being made new today as we prepare in just a few minutes to baptize a few converts and uh, new converts and a few that have been converted for a while now to. Uh, baptize them in water and obedience to God and to the Lord's example amen and it's going to be a powerful moment and uh, I believe God just wants to speak to us this message this morning is for everyone in this room and uh, if you're in this room and you're not a believer as of yet I believe God will speak to you today if you're watching online I believe God will speak to you today if if you're in this room and you've been a believer for forever I believe God's going to speak to you today because we need to be reminded about what it means and what it is to be made new in Christ Jesus sometimes even our relationship with Christ sometimes our walk this this faith journey can we i don't God never gets old we though sometimes allow ourselves to become stagnant and and kind of stale in our walk and 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 we feel like we're just kind of stuck but God wants you to know that when he made us new he made us fresh and new every day his mercies are new what every morning come on now everybody with me say praise the Lord come on so I want to just talk this morning for a few minutes and share what I believe the Holy Spirit has laid on my heart for all of us today, and that is that we are made new. We're, we're wearing shirts, and our baptismal candidates are going to wear shirts today that say made new today. The Bible teaches us that becoming Christians means becoming a whole new person. How many are thankful when Jesus saved you, he made you new? Come on. I mean, you really needed to be made new. I'm raising both my hands. Hallelujah. I'm thankful. It's a life that reflects Jesus. The old is gone and the new man is alive in Christ. Now this text that we're gonna read here in just a minute is Paul writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I want us to catch this because Paul was made new. Come on now. If you know the story of Paul, Paul was Saul, and Saul was a persecutor of Christians. Saul, he didn't, just, he didn't just not like Christians, he hated Christians, and he was out to kill Christians. He was out to do them in. He would hold the coats of those that would stone them. Saul needed to be changed and made new. And I won't go into the story, but he was knocked off his His horse on the road to Damascus by God and blinded and spoken to by God because God knew that if he could get a hold of the heart of a person as passionate as Saul about the about persecuting Christians, that he could change him and make him new, he could use that passion. For his glory and his good. And that's exactly what happened. Saul repents and God changes his name to Paul and makes him new. And he turns his life around. And Paul becomes the great apostle that travels and births the church in a region and really around the then known world for the glory of God. Amen. And we need to be made new like Paul. Now, let's, let's read this. I'm gonna read just a few verses. I'm gonna kind of skip around because I, really our text is the whole chapter of chapter four and even a portion of chapter five, but bear with me. I'll give you the, the text that we're in. We're gonna start at verse one in Ephesians chapter four. It says, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Now skip down to verse 15 with me. Instead, we will speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Skip down to 17. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Paul writes this. Live no longer like the Gentiles or like the world, you could say, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives, get, God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Verse 22. Paul says, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all part of of the same body. And do not sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands to do good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Verse 29, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be encouragement to those who hear them. Verse 30, do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. By the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guarantee, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ Jesus, has forgiven you. Chapter 5 says this in verse 1. Paul opens up by saying this in chapter one. He says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. Imitate God in everything you do. When your coworker gives you a hard time every single day and tries to pit one person against you, pit another person against you, and another person, and always is coming against you, trying to make you look bad, imitate God. Whenever someone can't stand you, and talks about you, and gossips about you, and lies about you, Can I get a witness in this room today? Imitate God. Why? Because we're made new. We're not the same person we used to be. Now you may say, well, this this is just a given pastor. We know this. Well, it must not be a given or Paul wouldn't have written so much about it. It must not be a given or Paul and God through Paul, would not be so clear here and so detail-oriented. He says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children. Verse two says, live a life filled with love. That's how you imitate God, by the way. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and he offered himself as a sacrifice for us, pleasing, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be what? Thankfulness to God. Hallelujah. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ and of God, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of the world. Hallelujah. Everything's made new these ones that are going to be baptized in water in just a few minutes, they have been made new. When you bowed your heart and your life at an altar or or at your home or wherever you were, when you confessed your sins and you asked Jesus into your heart, friends, you were made new. Hallelujah. The Bible says old things were passed away, and behold, all things were made new. In fact, Paul writes it in 2 Corinthians 5.17. He says this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Somebody ought to praise God right now. You've become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Hallelujah. How many are thankful you're living a new life? Glory to God. All things made new. Here's what happens at that moment. And and, and I know I'm, I'm teaching this to people that already are living it. But at that moment, listen, the curse of sin is broken off of your life. When you ask Jesus to come in, this is what happens. He begins to heal your body physically. He doesn't just heal you spiritually. He heals you physically. He delivers your soul spiritually. He frees you from addiction. He helps you walk in victory over temptation. Anybody give me a witness on that? I didn't say temptation won't come. I said he gives you a way out. Come on now. He changes our old way of stinking thinking and he turns our mind around and we start thinking along the lines and in the way that he tells us to think. He gives us clear minds, biblical wisdom. All things are made new. And here's here's I want to give you three things that that are made new. Firstly, it's our walk. Our walk is made new. We walk different when we serve Jesus. Now, I told you, this isn't just for those that have just recently come to Christ, and it's not even for those that still need to come to Christ. This is for those of us that have been walking in, in, in this way and serving Jesus for a long time. We need to remember that our walk matters. Hello? I want us to note something here. Paul does not say, he doesn't call himself a prisoner of Rome when he opens this up in chapter four. He doesn't say, I, Paul, a prisoner of Rome. He says... A prisoner for the Lord. He says, I'm a he's in prison. You got to understand this. He could have easily said a prisoner of Rome. Or he could have said a prisoner for the Lord and of Rome. But he doesn't say that he understands where he's at. He also understands clearly why he's there. If he needed to be anywhere else, he would be somewhere else. But he is not there because of Rome. He is not there for any other reason than his love for God and his obedience to God because he was made new. He is not there because he is a persecutor of Christians. He is there because God has need of him right there. He is a prisoner for the Lord. He doesn't see himself as trapped. We're not trapped by this world, friends. Some of us, you know, and I don't know, we all say it, we all do it, but sometimes we start feeling, as believers, we start feeling like, I just, can't, I just wish the rapture would happen. I, I do want the rapture to happen. Like, I'm ready to go, okay? And especially after 2020, I mean, like, it'd be really good, to be okay to, everybody okay with it happening today? Wave at me, it'd be cool, okay? That'd be, that'd be really awesome. But there's work to be done. And until it happens, we need to just keep doing the work. We don't need to look at ourselves as trapped in this world. We don't need to consider, woe is me, poor me. I just got to get through. I've, I've got this horrible, horrible calling on my life to just muddle through and get through until Jesus comes. I have to suffer. I have to just make it through. I have to, I have to be a prisoner for the Lord. No, I get to be a prisoner for the Lord. It is the joy and the high calling of my life to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something, none of us have faced persecution, I get that. And I wanna guard my words carefully because I'm not looking for persecution today. I'm not crying out for it, though it may come. I need you to understand something. We must be willing, like Paul, to say, whatever God calls me to do, I'll do it for the glory of God, whatever the cost, wherever it takes me, wherever it leads me. Let them put me in shackles if they will. Let them take me to to the dungeons if they might. But I'll do it for the glory of God and I'll call myself and let them know I am a prisoner for the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. That's got to be our heart. We're made new. We're made new. We're not bound by this world any longer. Paul's point is simple. He's not like he was before. He's not the man of the world he was before. He's under the control of Jesus Christ. The old is gone. The world no longer has a hold on him. We have to be willing to surrender and be controlled by Jesus. That's what it takes every day. When you get out of bed, you got to be willing to let God control your day. Let him lead you. You're made new. You can't do it the way you used to do it. You You can't walk the way you used to walk. We're made new. Paul asked the Ephesians here. He says, tells them, he says, live a life worthy of the calling that they had received. That's what I'm talking about when I say your walk is made new. You got to live a life that's worthy of the calling. Don't call, we can't call ourselves Christians and then just live any old way we want. Come on now. Now, I'm not talking about legalism, and I'm not talking about like, tiptoeing around all the time and worried that I'm going to offend this person or mess up here or do this or do that. I'm not talking about all of that, but what I am talking about in God's word is very clear. And it's not, it's not some sort of like weird and, and hard to understand book. It is absolute truth. And it's very clearly written and it's black and white. And God tells us what is right. And he tells us what is wrong. And he simply just teaches us in his word and by his spirit to live it, to just live it out. We walk the walk that he's told us to live. If he calls it sin, stay away from it. If he doesn't call it sin, then do it, but only as it pleases and honors the Lord. Our walk is made new. I don't live in legalism. I don't live in this place of of total fear all the time. Am I going to mess up? But I honor the Lord when my feet hit the floor. I give my day to the Lord and I go where the Lord wants me and I do what the Lord wants me to do. Can I get a witness? Live. Live a life worthy of the calling that you have received again paul writes in galatians chapter 2 verse 20 he says my old self has been crucified with christ it is no longer i who live but christ who lives in me so i live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me it's not an, it's not possible it's not possible to be a Christian or to claim to be a Christian and keep walking the way we did when we were in the world. You can't do it. You can't keep living that. And listen, it's, it's not possible, not just because you'll, you'll die and go to hell. You don't want to live that way anymore. If you truly gave your life, you don't want to walk the way you used to walk. Come on. Amen. Amen. So becoming a Christian means becoming a new person. Everybody say, I've been made new. You know, have you ever done a house remodel? Anybody? Anybody ever done a a, a house remodel? Now, I've done a couple of little remodeling jobs. Like, I'm not much of a builder or anything like that. And I remember as a kid, the house we grew up in, we kind of remodeled that house, pretty much the entire house. But we kind of, when I say remodel, we updated. You know, we took down some paneling and we put up some sheetrock and, and we knocked down a wall and we changed some flooring and we put up some paint. But it was still the same house. It had the same footprint. It was still the same overall basic house. We painted the outside. We painted the inside. It looked a little different aesthetically, but it was not a different house. But that compared to like extreme makeover. Or better yet, more current than that, compared to like Chip and Joanna Gaines. They don't, they don't remodel houses. They make them new. Think about it. It's got a totally different foot. They, they rebuild. They take down walls. They take down studs. They do all kinds of stuff. They restructure them. They, they take down support walls. And, and they do all kinds of It's a totally different place. And then these people act all surprised, like, you know, what they do sometimes, they'll, they'll put this, they'll, they'll, they'll totally rebuild this house, basically, and they'll take one piece of old wood and, like, put a mantle or make a mantle out of it, and then it's sentimental. And it's like, oh, my house, my beautiful home, it's right there, right there on the wall. It's a totally different place. It's beautiful, and they got great stuff, and I want them to come do that to my house one day. How many? Come on, yeah, it's good. That's awesome. That's fine. I'm not picking on Chip and Joanna Gaines. I love them, and they love Jesus, so that's good. But listen, that's more like what Jesus does. You can't even compare anything to what Jesus does. But if you could try to put, what Jesus does is he makes us totally new. He doesn't come in and slap on a little paint and tear down, a little, uh, tear down a little wall here or there. Jesus, when he moves in, he comes in and he changes everything about you. In fact, he doesn't even leave the one little old piece of wood to, for you to carry around and just always go, oh, I don't know, I just have to look at that. No, you are made totally new. You've been washed in the blood. You've been cleansed from your sin. You're whole and you're new in Jesus Christ, hallelujah. I'm so thankful. The old nature has passed away. Before Jesus, you were hard, suspicious, proud. Maybe divisive, difficult. That's the old nature. But in Christ, we're humble. We're patient. We're kind. We bear one another's burdens according to Ephesians. God gives us the ability to live in peace. That's the new man. It's nothing like the old man. Hallelujah. Galatians 5 24 says this, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. That means they're dead and gone. When something's dead, it, it, it can't, outside of Jesus and, and us coming back to life through the supernatural blood of Jesus, we, nothing can come back to life without that. So our sins can't come back to life. We can't, we can't nail them there. If you truly nail it there, listen, it has no hold on you anymore. And I, I even submit to you for, for those of us that say, yeah, but it just still it still it still gives me I, I'm tempted and I just have all these struggles. It's because we aren't giving it completely to God. We're not nailing it to the cross. We gotta nail these things to the cross. And I'm and I'm talking to all of us, myself included. Those things that I just can't seem to get victory over, those things that I just can't seem to walk in total deliverance over, I'm telling you, it's not because Jesus didn't die for them. It's not because he doesn't want to set you free from them. It's because we won't release them in total to Jesus and we won't do what Paul says to do here in Galatians. We won't nail them to the cross and let them die. We keep playing around with them. Lay them at the feet of Jesus today. Come on, be made new. It's a new walk. Everybody say it's a new walk. And a new walk demands a new talk. Come on. You got to talk different. You got to talk different. Our speech, our language, it all changes when we get saved. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking I'm just talking about like bad words. And that's part of it. Quit using bad words. did not use them. You shouldn't tell bad jokes. You shouldn't let things that are unseemly or unholy come out of your mouth. But unholy things are not just bad words. Unholy things are not just dirty jokes. Unholy things are things like lies and gossip and criticism and complaining. It's quiet now. When we're made new, we're made new. And the world, and if you haven't noticed, it's getting worse in the world, our culture, the news, TV shows, whatever, you watch it, and that's what, it's even humorous. Our, 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 our sitcoms, the things that are on TV today, they're, they're based around the things we find funny, the things we find like dramatic for drama shows. Everything is based around the, the things that I just listed. Criticism, anger, complaining, gossip, gossip. These things are not funny, and they're not good entertainment, and they ought to have no part of the Christian life. Our language, our words should change. We should be made new in our speech. Come on, somebody. The old pattern of life are still going to try to exert themselves. They're still going to try to sneak up. We're still going to be tempted, but Christ gave us a new language. Christ gave us a language of hope. He gave us a language of love, a language of encouragement, a language of peace, a language of joy. Hallelujah. When we come to the house of the Lord, the things that come out of our mouth, and not just in the house of the Lord as Christians, but this is where it ought to start, and it ought to flow out of here. What we ought to do is lift each other up. What we ought to do is start encouraging each other. Telling each other, you can do this. You got this. I'm believing in you, I'm believing for you, I'm believing with you. I'm standing with you. You know, it's interesting to me that the disciples, after Jesus ascends to heaven, they speak in a new tongue. It's a tongue that the spirit gives them an utterance. The spirit of God uses a new language, an unknown tongue to express the presence of God in their life. And I I taught on the baptism of the Holy Spirit a little bit on Wednesday. So if you were here or you can go back and watch it possibly, I'm not sure if it was live stream, but, and we'll teach on it again, but so don't misunderstand anything I'm saying. I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. But let me say this. It is interesting to me that it is the Holy Spirit that evidenced the presence of God through speech, through an unknown tongue. When God moves in, the way you talk ought to change instantly. Your speech matters. That's taking nothing from the gift of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's another topic for another day. But when the Spirit of God moves in, it changes the way you talk. And not just the words you use, but the tone you use. And the timing you use. Come on now. Hallelujah. Paul's rather practical here, in my opinion, about his direction. Because he includes everything that's unwholesome, he says obscenities, foolish talk, coarse joking. He goes on and on, and he he basically says this. He says it's out of place for the Christ follower. Why? Because we've been made new. See, the world uses all of this stuff, but he says it has no place in the Christ in the Christian. A mature Christian, and listen, we all, we, I said it earlier, we all fall short, we're all tempted, we live in this fallen world, but listen, a mature Christian is overcoming these things. A mature Christian is overcoming these things. And when we find ourselves falling into a trap and slipping into a, a slippery slope of any of the things that we've mentioned, we ought to repent and turn from it instantly. Come on now. Instantly and change and and even to repent to the people maybe that we've gossiped about, talked about or complained about. A new walk demands a new talk. And then this is the outcome. And I'm, I'm closing with this in just a minute. The outcome is new works. We're made new for new works in Christ. New works for the glory of God. Paul's constant use here of the words, put off the old self and put on the new demonstrates, hear me, it demonstrates a personal responsibility on your part and my part to work for the kingdom of God. In our newness, we have a job to do. We have a job to do. Growing up there was a gospel quartet that used to sing at our Church of God camp meetings and it was, it was this, I got a job to do and I can't get to heaven till we get through. I'm carrying the cross for my boss. Now, maybe a little cheesy lyrically, but I need you to know we got a job to do. We gotta carry this cross that God's given us. We've gotta carry the cross of Jesus Christ. We've got work to do for the glory of God. And we've been made new for such a time as this. We've been made new to carry the cross till the very end, until Jesus comes again. Hallelujah. We've been made new to walk this walk, to live this life, and to talk the talk for Jesus. Amen? Our works will be very different than the works before Jesus Christ, before Christ came into our life. The works of the flesh were all about me. But the works of Jesus are all about him. It's a willingness to be like Jesus. In being made new, church, listen, I, I want you to catch this with me. What did Jesus do? He laid his life down. We need to be willing to lay our life down for one another. In the book, the title is The Book of Saints. Ann Gordon tells the story of Father Maximilian Kolbe, who was a prisoner at Auschwitz concentration camp in August of 1941. A prisoner in the camp escaped from the camp. And in reprisal, the Nazis ordered that 10 prisoners had to die by starvation because of this one who escaped. Father Kolbe offered to take the place Of one of the condemned men, the Nazis kept Colby in the starvation bunker for two weeks, and then they put him to death by lethal injection on August fourteenth of nineteen forty-one. Thirty years later, a survivor of Auschwitz described the effects of Colby's actions this way: They said it was an enormous shock to the whole camp. We became aware that someone. among us in this spiritually dark night of the soul was raising the standard of love on high. Someone unknown, like everyone else, tortured and bereft of name and social standing, went to a horrible death for the sake of someone not even related to them. Therefore, it is not true, we cried, that humanity is cast down and trampled in the mud. Overcome by oppressors and overwhelmed by hopelessness. Thousands of prisoners were convinced that the true world continued to exist and that our torturers would not be able to destroy it. To say that Father Colby died for us or for the person's family is too great a simplification. His death was the salvation of thousands. We were stunned by his act, which became for us a mighty explosion of light in the darkness. There's work to be done for the kingdom of God in this dark, horrific world we live in. It's not promised prophetically and it's not looking very good in the news that light is coming anytime soon, naturally, or ever. But there is a light that shines And it's through those of us that have been made new. It is through these that are about to be baptized in water. It is the light of life. It is the light of God. It is a light that cannot be squashed or quenched in any way. It is a light that shines wherever we go by the walk that we walk, by the talk that we talk, and by the works that we do. Our willingness to love one another, to serve each other, To love the unlovely that are beyond the four walls of this building. To care about the ones that are down and out and without. To share at a table with those that we fellowship with and worship with and others. To lift up the arms of those that are weak and tired. We're made new, not just to feel good and get to heaven. We're made new so that we can make someone else new. Is anybody with me? We're made new so that like this man in this concentration camp, the darkest place in history, we can let just a little light shine and generations can be saved. Hallelujah. If you've been made new, Would you stand with me? John 13, 35 says this. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Wow. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Anything less grieves the Holy Spirit in us. Let's let the love of Jesus flow through us through the lost and dying world. As we celebrate with these today that are made new, let's remember that our newness remains every morning. New mercies, new glory, new anointing. But pastor, you know we still live in this sinful, sin-sick world. We still have troubles and trials, and what are we gonna do? How are we ever gonna face it? If you're a baptismal candidate, please make your way and prepare to be baptized. What are we gonna do, pastor? I I wanted to close this message with a, a promise and a reason to shout. I'm excited and I'm thrilled because I know that this isn't the end. I'm thankful we have the power to overcome. I'm thankful that we, in our newness, don't have to succumb to the temptations and the things of this world, but we still live in this world and this world is a horrible place. We're gonna make it, church. But when this is over and we're either caught up in the rapture Or if we go to the grave and we're caught up into the air because the dead in Christ are going to rise first, you know, I want you to hear what John the revelator writes in Revelation chapter 21 about being made new. He sees this and he writes, and then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. And the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. And he will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. And he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. And all these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the spring of water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all of these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Can we give the Lord a shout of praise for making all things new? All things new. All things new. Hallelujah.